You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on June 11th of 2023, Aaron and I stumble upon evidence that seems to suggest Canada is currently facing an end-of-days type extinction event. We're going to discuss a team of Canadian scientists who are seeking to stop cows from further depleting our planet's ozone layer. We're going to learn about an apocalyptic storm that almost wiped a portion of Manitoba off the map. And we'll explain why ducklings appear to be raining down from the heavens. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, your facial hair looks great. Oh, really? Yeah. Remember a couple weeks ago, we had that listener who thought you should have more or assumed you had more? Yeah, they didn't They didn't think I should, but they, they pictured me before seeing a picture of us uh, that I had. They pictured me having a really long beard. Hmm. Yeah. Odd thing. You don't sound like a long beard guy. But anyway, let's not get into it. Yeah, I never I I don't think I've ever had a long, long beard. I let it go scruffy before, like let it kind of get unkept, but never long, like Jesus long. No, of course not. Nor should you. Uh what's what's new with you? What's been up? Not too much. Um just plugging away at life. Mm. I was at my uh, nephew's birthday party today. He turned 10. Did you get cake? Yeah, I had cake, I had pizza. The whole, the whole nine yards. Was there any jokes like, oh, double digits, you're a big guy. Like, you know, double digits is a big deal for kids when they turn 10. Yeah, maybe. I always thought that 13 was the big milestone well, for that's when teenager. you become a teenager, right? Yeah. But double I don't remember digits ever, ever a big deal being made out of the age of 10. Okay. Uh, any highlights from the party you care to share? Uh, well, me and my sister and my nephew went in, well, like my other nephew, my older nephew, <laughs> I've got a lot of nieces and nephews, yeah. but, uh, we went in on a pretty cool scooter for him. It's mm-hmm. like, um, it's like a scooter. It's almost like a triangle where like one leg has its own scooter and the other leg has its other. Like, it's, I know the type. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like you're skiing. It's it's like the letter V. Yeah. It's like the letter, like a flying V, like the mighty ducks. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so yeah, we got we got him that, and uh, he was pretty pumped about it. And he got a bike as well from his mom. Jeez, oh, I a know. Good time of year for a birthday though, because you get all your summer stuff. That's so the thing. Just, yeah. Hopefully, when, someone when your got him a helmet in June. Yeah, I he don't had, know. He already he, has a helmet. Okay, let's assume that's all right. Uh, I had a good day and a busy weekend today. I had an interesting experience. As I, you know, I buy a lot of like random toys and books and comics and all that sort of stuff. I had to clear it out. uh, And I don't want to deal with the lunatics who write to you on Facebook marketplace, like, will you trade that for a motorcycle tire, that kind of people. So uh, my oldest son and I got a table at the Halifax flea market. And we Mm -hmm. sat there and wheeled and dealed and hustled. And after six grueling hours of negotiating prices with people, uh, we left there with probably $200 in our pockets. But a lot of, I want to ask you this though, a lot of the things that you sold did, aren't they things that you bought at thrift stores? Let's not get into how much I spent to sell. Yeah. Cause I want to know how much profit <laughs> you made as opposed to what you brought in in revenue. No, let's just leave it at today. It's simpler than that. I, I sold $200 worth of stuff. 
period. Yeah. I'd say you probably lost money. (laughs) (laughs) Why did I tell an accountant this? Of course. And you're probably factoring in my gas that I spent driving back and forth. There's a lot of um, accrued expenses that you probably don't aren't even aware of. Gosh, you'd be a blast to take to the flea market. I love going to the flea market. Really? You must be such a pain in the to deal with for some of these people. No, I'm normal there. Okay. <laughs> You're like a closeted accountant. Yeah, I don't I don't scream at you know at the top of the accounting mountain. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, but it wasn't just about making money. It was a great experience and it was cool because for my oldest son, I let him do almost all of the negotiation, which was fun to sit back and watch. And also people like they're so nice to kids that they would pay him more than they would pay me. So So you used him. Yeah, as a, he's like a marketing tool. Yeah, yeah, that's gross. <laughs> let's let's get into the stories here. Actually, not get into the stories. We have some uh, one piece of listener voice mail. As we talked about last week, uh, Apple Podcasts has been engaged in a slander campaign against our show. They've shot us to the top of their comedy charts, their podcast charts, again, as a way to discredit our, us and our work. And we don't know who's holding a gun to Apple Podcasts' head to have them do this to us. But regardless, it has made it so that our show has found some new listeners that are catching up on some old episodes of the Keep Canada Weird uh, podcast. And we heard from Amanda, uh, a new listener who's giving some some kind of like late support for Handsome Aaron Airport. Okay. You'll see. Listen to this. I'll hear. You'll hear. Hi, Jordan and Handsome Aaron Airport. I just listened to the episodes where uh, you were knocked down so bad, Aaron, and that was just not fair to you. Um, I absolutely love that you guys have a difference of opinion, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody should see things from different sides, and that's what I love about the Keep Canada Weird series is that you guys have differing opinions, and a lot of the time I actually agree with you, Aaron, on your perspective. Um so I just want to say that I hope you keep doing what you're doing and don't let anybody knock you down because you're pretty awesome. Bye. So for people who are new to the show, yes, we did have an incident several months back where uh, there was a kind of p- online pile on cyberbullying against Aaron that led to him almost leaving the show. Nighttime podcast and Keep Canada Weird listeners stepped up and showed the love. Aaron agreed to stay. But I think new listeners to the show are just are having to now kind of relive those dark moments for you. How does it feel to hear someone harken back to those dark days? It certainly stirs up a lot of uh, troubling memories. That's for sure. Uh, When I was on the edge of leaving and it was the listeners that brought me back. But I do recall never hearing any kind of uh, support from you, Jordan. You saying ever at any point in time, I think you should stay. Really? It well, was the, I, it was the listeners that that convinced me, not you. I think, yeah, I thought about that. And I wanted to keep it so that it was between, because I wasn't the one with the criticism of you. It was a listener. I thought that was between you and the listeners. Mm-hmm. I simply wanted to step back and allow it to unfold the way it did. I would have stepped in. I think if at any point I thought it was going too far, if you had have actually walked away from the show, yeah, I would have made the phone call. 
and told you that I support you. You were talking about getting replacements very I, early on into the bullying. I was <laughs> keeping all, my yeah. options open because you said you, you were me. keeping your options wide open, casting a wide net of of of, uh, of self interesting critters that were out there that wanted to crawl <laughs> into the seat. Yeah, it's it's interesting how many people are lurking behind the headphones, waiting for you to drop so they can jump in here. Yeah, yeah, they're right behind me right now, mm. just eye in the seat. Before we introduce the stories, I, I wanted I want to tell you about a story that a listener named Jen shared with me. She sent me a video that she happened to, that she happened upon on the internet that I hadn't found before. It involves Tim Hortons, and that's why I want to share it with you. So what Jen had told me about is there's there's a Canadian YouTuber who uses the handle Keenan Bank or Keenan Banks, and what Keenan Bank does is he it's a fellow who goes around rewarding kindness so he will go in a store or walk along the street and find someone doing something really kind and sweet and nice and he will give them something and i guess like as a thanks and the idea of it is i think he's trying to inject um much needed like kindness and joy onto the internet rather than videos of people getting in car accidents and stuff but anyway uh keenan bank found a, a very sweet and charming young lady at a drugstore, it seems. She was working in a drugstore and she he asks her for help and she just really comes across as a very likable, lovable person. Uh, Keenan Bank, impressed by her, decides to offer her a reward uh, related to Tim Hortons. And I think this is interesting in that she's obviously not a very big fan of Tim Hortons and it kind of throws off his video a little bit. Yes, Let me play it for you. Mm-hmm. Sorry to bother you. I'm looking for just a toothbrush, and I, I can't find it for the life of me. Is there any way you could show me where yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah, of course. Thank you so much. No problem. <laughs> it's like a little area, so I get it. Yeah. So there else is right here, and then like toothbrush heads are also right here. Okay. Do you know which one's like the cheapest? I'm just trying to get the cheapest one. Um, probably like the 99 cent ones here. Whatever one. ones like. I think I'll just buy them both then. There's a couple different kinds, so it's totally up to you, yeah. Okay, so actually, I'm just going around and rewarding good customer service. Yeah. So because you're willing to help me out there and you provided good care, uh, oh. I want to give you a Timmy's gift card. Oh, thank you. I'm okay. I'm okay though. I don't really go to Timmy's often, but thank okay. you. <laughs> you want me to pass it along then? Yeah, that'll All be right. great. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. I've never seen you as uncomfortable as the minute that that video played. You were visually like cringing inside and out. What what drove you so nuts? Okay, before I describe what drives me bonkers about these types of TikToks, right? Yeah. Uh, kudos to this uh, drugstore employee that refused the Timmy's card because <laughs> I love that she denies him because yeah. this this. This guy and people like him need to be denied, mm. right? Because what they're doing is disgusting. It's mm. so out of control because he's not the only person that does this on TikTok. There are mm -hmm. thousands of these TikTokers that go up to random people and give them money or give them items like gift cards as some kind of way to pay it forward or spread 
you know, uh, positive vibes to the world. But when it boils down to it, these people just want subscribers and likes mm -hmm. and, and all of the same nonsense. That's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're paying for. They're not actually trying to, to do good in the world. They're feeding the machine mm. and, and the tone they have. I, I can't stand their tone. It's like, you know what? I'm rewarding good customer service. So I want to give you, I want to give you this. It was a little creepy, right? It's, it's so gross. Like, who are these people and who do they think they are? Like, and the way she denies him is brilliant. No, I don't like Tim Hortons. And I could tell that she was creeped out by him from the start of the video. She's like, yeah, we've got toothbrushes here, man. Like, just look at them. I know you've got your phone out. You're filming. I know you care nothing about cleaning your mouth. Well, here, here's the thing, though, is that people will see these kind of videos and they often think they're fake. If they are fake, I'm kind of OK with it, because then you're just kind of like gaming the whole system and gaming the people who blindly scroll through shorts on YouTube and stuff. But if it is real and you're going up to someone's workplace and doing that and putting them on the Internet. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted about the whole thing, but I would rather him do this or not him. I would rather people try to make these kind of positive videos, even if they're getting some kind of monetary reward for it, than the videos of like, you know, shooting off fireworks on the TTC as an example. Yeah, um, there's this one guy that he goes up to people on the street and he's like, hey, do you mind if I sit down? He's got a guitar with him, right? Oh, God. And oh, he's so cringy. And He's, do you mind if I sit down? Like, oh yeah, what do you, who's your favorite artist right now? What do you listen to? Oh, I like Justin Bieber. Oh, okay, what's your favorite Justin Bieber song? Oh, whatever Justin Bieber sings. Oh, okay, and then he plays it, right? Oh. And first off, it's so staged that it's like, there's no way that you know, there's no way this person is random. And why is it only attractive women, young, attractive <laughs> women that you approach? Because because I hate this guy, I hover over his stuff a little oh, longer so, than I should. So the algorithm's like, Aaron loves this guy. The algorithm them feeds me him now and it just and it sends me into these these rages but like it's always a young attractive girl that he's and i've seen a lot of them and it's mm. never anyone ugly why won't you sing someone ugly wants to hear music too <laughs> uh we got to move on because we have an update on a past story you recall several weeks ago we talked about the uh in in Barrie, ontario there was uh the urn found kind of in the garden on the side of the front step um that seemed to be there before they owned the home and there was a bit of a mystery over whose cremated remains are in this urn well i got good news for you aaron we found the answer to that question here's the update excellent jane Koverakova takes in a moment she's waited years for when we received the phone call we were definitely very surprised a little bit stunned and uh and definitely grateful it's been seven years since the urn of her grandmother marquetta baruda went missing the urn misplaced during a move and lost until recently that was very hard on my family there's a lot of guilt um you know and challenges so you know there's no one to blame and sometimes these things happen and uh, it's a real gift that we were able to have greta back known to her family as greta marquetta baruda immigrated to canada from what was czechoslovakia in the 1970s in search of a better life for herself and her family marquetta was a really big strong personality um she was fairly charismatic so we weren't 
utterly surprised to hear that her ashes might be rediscovered in such a manner. Discovered in the front lawn of Monique Bennett's home, who took to social media hoping someone would know something about the woman who passed nearly 20 years ago. Well, someone did, ultimately reuniting Marquetta with her loved ones. Was a big relief. And then the feelings of peace came after that, that she was finally where she belonged with the family. And as Kova and her family honor Marquetta with a final resting place, and the mystery remains on how her ashes ended up in Bennett's front lawn, one thing is for sure, that a friendship will forever be bonded in the memory of a woman with an incredible journey in life and in death. I think it was much trouble to locate her, the, the owner and the owner's family of, of the urn, because I actually had a listener reach out to me who took the name from the urn that we heard in the last news report, like a couple of weeks ago when we originally covered this story, and they sent me her, her obituary. Oh, wow. Why <laughs> didn't we think to do that? <laughs> I, I, I well, why didn't the reporter who did the news story several weeks ago? Maybe they did, and it just took that long to you know to find them or something. But seven yeah. years, it sounds like she's th that urn has been on the side of that step. That is crazy, right? So am I hearing you correctly? She, This woman lived there seven years ago? I'm confused. They said the urn was misplaced during a move seven years ago. So whether Greta... The, the but person. they didn't specifically say that house, though. Did no, they? but I no, they didn't specifically say that house. But it's I think it was it's just the way the report is. It doesn't specifically say that any of them lived there before. I, because maybe, and at the end of the report, they even say we still don't know how it got there. If they lived there, then uh, it would be obvious how it got there. Right? Yeah, good point. Because if they, yeah, like if they have no, but if they have no connection to that house. The news report should kind of like make that clear too, because that's fascinating. The news report doesn't really slice it either way. It just kind of says the people who uh, the the woman's family who was in the urn they they saw the report, they reached out, they got the urn back, but nothing is said or explained about why the urn was there. That's the state of Canadian journalism. They didn't dig deep enough. There's a mystery and an interesting story behind the story that someone needs to dive into. Yeah, but, no one is flat out saying what happened here or even that any of them have lived there before because that would explain it very easily how the urn got there because, well, we lived there and we must have just misplaced it while we lived there. Hmm. But no one said they lived there. So who put it there? <laughs> A mystery that will remain unsolved for tonight and and solving that mystery i think is beyond the scope of keep canada weird uh we do owe a duty to our listeners to give follow-ups on those prior stories and that's what brought us back to the urn but we have a new batch of stories that we need to get into tonight and i fear that it may drive us both completely mad because mm -hmm. yes we uncovered the uprising of animals in canada and we shine we shone a bright light on that issue, but I think in tonight's collection of stories, as they laid out in front of me, I realized that we may be perhaps looking at an apocalyptic era, an end of days for Canadians. The stories that I chose tonight make a pretty strong case for something dramatic is happening in this world, and, it's, and it seems to be happening right here in Canada. So I'm going to call this episode End of Days Canada. We're going to hear about how burping cows in Canada are destroying our planet. We're going to hear about an apocalyptic storm that ravaged Manitoba. 
We are going to hear the story of how on one quiet day in Winnipeg, it was raining ducklings. And then we're going to end with some bros in Sudbury having a really bad time at school. Let's get mm. into it. All right. This first story about burping cows destroying our planet really surprised me. And this could have connections to the animal uprising. It's pretty easy to draw some lines there. But did you have yeah. did you have any idea the horrific harm that burping cows are doing to our world? Our yes, planet? I yes, I did actually. I, I knew this information before I read the story. I didn't know it was burps, though. I was always told that it was flatulence from cows that was the main contributor to global warming and the most danger to the ozone layer. Okay. Uh, I, but this, this is, story kind of um, shed some light on that a little bit. Yeah, this is all completely new to me. Uh, I didn't know that humanity could potentially die off as a result of cows burps uh, but that i think is a real a very real possibility but a group of scientists in ontario are trying to prevent it from happening here's the news story it's hard to imagine a cute cow like this could produce such a dangerous gas methane has a global warming potential 28 times that of carbon dioxide almost 14 percent of our greenhouse gas emissions come from one source burping livestock but the University of Guelph and Ontario Dairy Research Centre are working to change that. Over the past several years, uh, our team has been working on trying to deliver a genetic evaluation for methane emission and feed efficiency in dairy cattle. Christine Bays has led a team of researchers in developing a new tool that's being used to predict how much methane will be produced by a dairy cow. It means breeders can now select which cows will produce calves that, when fully grown, will belch out less greenhouse gas. We're really proud that this research has resulted in uh, Canada being the first country worldwide to be able to deliver um, genetic evaluations for methane emissions. So how does the tool work? Cows put their heads into these green feed machines and as they eat their hearty meal, paired with heavy breathing and burping, they produce data. So when the animal is, is breathing, those gases are taken up by the machine and, uh, and measured. And with about 500 cows here at the research center, that's a lot of burps to measure. But what risk does passing gas from the back passage pose? Many people do think that it, the gas, the problematic gas comes out the back end, but that's, that's not the case. About 95% of, uh, of the enteric methane emissions are coming out of the front end of the animal. So in Christine's case, she's thankful she can continue her research laser focused on this end. <laughs> it's a little bit nicer, yeah. <laughs> rather than this end. I don't know what to think. I don't know whether to laugh or just fear for our future, but that, that's all new to me and I'm so shocked. I never would have guessed that it's not, you know, the oil refineries and all these other things, a significant amount of the ozone depleting gases come from belching cows and cattle. Mm -hmm. What a world. Yo, know, yeah, it's, it's wild. See, I mean, it would probably be fine if we weren't contributing so much damage to the environment on top of that. If, mm -hmm. if we were still cave men and women just kind of hanging out and 
kind of doing our thing, it probably wouldn't be a big problem. Yeah. But in combination with everything that we do, that we put into the skies, yeah, it's a problem. Mm. And the way cows, like the cows that they're showing aren't exactly wild cows roaming around in a field. It looks like the equivalent of like a call center for cows. You know, all, Yeah, all I'm sure line. we're producing so many more cows than there would normally be mm-hmm. if you know to, to to fund mcdonald's and burger king and There's all so the other and all the milk we drink and mm, i love milk i love beef i can't we i think can't we're the that. only species that drinks milk from other species that's a little weird eh yeah isn't it mm. when you think about it that is kind of weird that we after a certain age we don't drink our own milk we drink the milk uh, of other animals. Well, yeah, and cows specifically. For the, mm-hmm. the of course, there's other mm-hmm. kind of like goat milk and stuff, but cows' milk, of course, is yeah, it, it's it is weird. But if you actually, I didn't want to say it because it's too weird. But I'm going to say it since I said that. <laughs> well, this the, is I, keep Canada weird. So yeah, go ahead. the idea of drinking human milk to me is is like so uncomfortable and makes me like queasy, like to drink like milk from a, a human. If if a woman gave me a glass of breast milk to drink, I could I could not do it. No, but the idea of it is is so bizarre. Yeah, but then a cow, this big, beefy monster in a field, burping yeah. ozone depleting gas, we'll drink it all day. It's and delicious. Love it. Yeah, I'll put it we on my lap cereal. it up, and we just we put it in our cereal. <laughs> we put it in our other food that we bake. Uh, we drink it by the glass. Like I used to drink so much milk. I don't, I drink almond milk now, but um, I do too. Unsweetened yeah. almond milk. I love it. Once you gain a, mm-hmm. it, it, at first it's a little weird, but once you drink it a little bit, it's like, it's delicious. And it's the chocolate cheaper. kind is delicious. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be refrigerated till it's opened, which is awesome. Cause I can go to yeah, Costco yeah, and buy a yeah. big thing of the almond milk. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm glad that those researchers in Guelph are able to concentrate on the front end rather than the back end of cows while they're doing the important work they're doing to save our species from the methane gas that bel- that belching cows produce. But well, I'm a little worried about the cow's state of mind being featured in this story. Um, the way they were filmed, mm. uh, especially showing their bums mm. and zooming in on their bums at certain points. That was degrading. This is only going to fuel the animal uprising. And with the cows have having such a superpower as to belch humanity off of the planet, oh, that's dangerous. We, it, it's ramping up as far as the capability. The weaponization of the animals is really interesting. We saw what a beaver can do just a couple of weeks ago. One simple family of beavers destroyed this man's house. We now have mm-hmm. a national news broadcast to cows across the world that if you can all just burp more, you won. Yeah, and they're also, they're going to change the the genetic makeup of cows now. Like what's going to happen there? That sounds like the start of a movie, like a, like a comedy horror movie. It sounds Mm. like the start of it. Like, yeah. And then we changed the genetics of the cows so that they burp less. And then they turned into wild zombie cows and ate us all. If it isn't the burping cows that destroy us, it could be the change in weather patterns. Um, Although the story we're going to talk about isn't specifically about changing weather patterns, if you believe in climate change, because I know that's a hot topic, much akin to talking about politics. So let's not get into it. But there was 
a storm in Manitoba that was very apocalyptic. It happened just last week, and it featured hail the size of literal softballs. I've seen big hail. I've never seen anything like this. Let's catch up on the story, and then we'll talk about softball-sized hail and what that would do to your face. <laughs> like I've never, never seen anything like this before, and yeah, it was pretty scary. Residents in Oak River, a community about 50 kilometers northwest of Brandon, are surveying the damage to houses, trees, and farm equipment following a severe storm Wednesday. Wind was just crazy, and the trees were bending over. Well, there's no leaves left on the trees, and and the the hail hitting the house, you could just you just knew that was wasn't going to be good when you went and looked later. Environment and Climate Change Canada says the thunderstorm rolled through the West Manitoba community around dinner time, bringing winds upwards of 100 kilometers per hour and softball-sized hail. That softball-sized hail, that's huge. That's very, very big for Manitoba. A tornado warning was issued for the area, but Environment and Climate Change Canada has yet to confirm for if anybody. a tornado did in fact <laughs> develop. So I think if a final quarter tornado would have really hit, we would have, it would have been devastating to this community. For farmers like Eric McLean, this storm means back to square one. He says 15 to 2,500 acres of wheat seed, canola and soybeans were damaged. It's going to delay maturity uh, if it does come back, if at all. And during that time frame, our harvest window is going to be stretched out. McLean says the storm that ripped through here is likely one of the worst in Oak River's history. Eventually, your number gets pulled and sometimes it happens, so it is what it is. However, despite the flattened fields, fallen trees and broken windows, no injuries have been reported. And McLean says the close-knit community is already coming together, helping where it's needed. Uh, everybody survived and it's it's been, uh, you know, that's the best part. Property and things can be replaced and repaired and people can, so... I like that they had to turn to an expert in the middle of that report to say, like, softball size hail. That's huge for Manitoba. As yeah. if, like, other parts <laughs> of the world, like, basketball size hail is normal in most provinces in Canada. But Manitoba, generally, it's like golf balls. Like, softball mm -hmm. size hail is devastating anywhere in the world, right? Like, it's crazy. Well, if I saw even, like you said, golf ball size hail, that would be massive for Nova Scotia. Like, I've never seen hail any bigger than a pea yeah and i remember my life i have a memory of like this horrible hail storm from when i was a kid in cape breton i remember a group of us were it wasn't even raining out because we were skateboarding and then all of a sudden it was like pea-sized hail just started raining down to the point that it was really hurting us like hitting you and we i remember we all ran on up to like the front door of a house to get under like kind of the the roof canopy sort of thing to escape the hail and uh, but that was nothing compared to this. In this news report, we see someone holding like hail that looks like, again, like baseballs or something. There was a photo of a car that was looked like a meteor, a bunch of meteorites hit it. And then there was a, a home where it showed like what was left of the siding. And it was like the siding was just beat off the front of the house. It was just. Yeah, yeah. It was shredded. That it was, was shredded. I kind of saw it. It was yeah, completely it, shredded off of the house. That's a bad storm. Oh, I can't imagine hail that size and, and, they, and how I would feel about it. I don't know. I'd be scared. I'd be legit scared. I'd move. Yeah. Or build out of Manitoba. Yeah. Yeah. Out of Manitoba. It's just another reason to get out of there. They made a big point in the, the news report of the, you know, winds a hundred kilometers. 
that's nothing compared to the softball size hail. I think that's the key part of the well, story. Well, I guess if the wind is maybe increasing the force of the mm, hail. Yeah, them dropping is one thing, but being flung 100 yeah, kilometers Yeah, with them an being hour. almost shot at this point. Mm. Like the way 100 kilometers an hour is pretty fierce wind. So that's going to that's gonna shoot the hail. And yeah. it's already softball size. Well, imagine if, like, if it got any worse... This is a small little town. This could have been one of the if if it if the storm had been a bit worse, this could have been one of the like the biggest mysteries ever. Like imagine if the entire town was destroyed by I don't know basketball size hail. Everybody is gone. Everything is destroyed. But then the hail would melt within like, you know, 5 minutes. So when people show up in that town, everybody's gone and everything's destroyed, but there's no evidence of anything. No, no, just some puddles. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, that, that, that's pretty crazy. And and the fact that nobody was... Like, did they talk about anyone being injured from the hail at uh, all? No, they said no one died. I'm assuming every single person in that town was injured in some way with the soft 100-kilometer-an-hour softball-sized hail. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's a major league pitcher, kind of like a very good pitcher. You know, 100 kilometers an hour. That's crazy. Well, if burping cows don't kill us, if storms like the one we just saw in Manitoba isn't foreshadowing an end of days for Canada, I think this next story makes it very clear that our days are numbered and we should all hit pause on this podcast to kiss our loved ones because we don't have much time left. What's What also is happening that's making me question the continuation of humanity, mm -hmm. uh, ducklings are raining down on people yes, and it yes. doesn't look good. A Portage La Prairie woman caught a glimpse of a quacky phenomenon today, falling ducklings. Della Popko was walking outside her apartment this morning when she heard a mother duck quacking and all of a sudden, ducklings began falling out of the tree as you can see. Now, despite how startling this sight appears, we're told it's actually a perfectly natural phenomenon for wood ducks. They do nest in hollow trees uh, or uh, in wood duck box houses that people put on uh, poles or dead trees nearby water. Now, it looks like those little guys might be taking quite a beating, but you know what? They can actually fall 18 meters, not feet, meters, down to the ground. They're very fluffy, they're very light, so they don't actually have a very fast or hard fall. A little bit of a bump on the land, they shake it off, and they start following mum to the water. You heard them. Don't be concerned. Those ducklings had a happy ending. We can tell you they all recovered from that skydiving adventure and successfully crossed the road, continuing towards their journey to the water. There they go. I didn't know that ducks could fall 18 meters, not feet. Meters. Meters. <laughs> That guy was a... Uh, I'm the only one that truly understands the duck. <laughs> uh, the The video is interesting. We talked last week about uh, this, you know, slow news day stories. This could maybe be something between an end of days foreshadowing story and a very slow news day in Portage La Prairie, which is mm -hmm. in Manitoba. I was correct about that. Although I never knew. This is, I found this quite interesting. I had no idea that ducks did that uh it well they they are birthed in a nest up in a tree they hatch from an egg right a duck i guess 
I, I never thought about it. Yeah, because <laughs> I just always I never thought about where a duck's nest would be. And that the fact that it would hatch from an egg, I've never given a single second of thought. Yeah, actually, now that I say what that, what happens to the duck before I see it at the pond? That's, that's... <laughs> it's a little fuzzy thing following its mother sweetly. Yeah, actually, now that I yeah. say that, I don't think I've ever seen like a duck fly up into a tree. They're always just floating around in the water or like on the grass on the side of the water. I guess I would have thought that a duck laid its eggs like in a nest like on the shore maybe in the grass i would imagine it would be near near the water I, I wouldn't imagine that they would i don't think about ducks flying yeah i definitely don't think about them raining down from a tree up to 18 meters though um we don't know a lot about ducks maybe in an upcoming episode we'll have some kind of duckologist on to tell us why let's these... get this guy on the guy that was on the report yes and yeah. i love ducks <laughs> you would be great uh, but I guess if I'm walking down the street and I see ducks falling from a tree, I'm probably just going to turn around and go home and go back to bed. I would try and catch one. To touch them? I'm not afraid of ducks. Ducklings, I guess. Well, you know what? I'm afraid of ducks. Yeah. Those things are like a big duck. If you ever get too close to those? Did yeah, you yeah. To... I guess they can get pretty aggressive. I've yeah. gotten jumped when I was a kid. My granddad had to like shout and kick at them uh this is at the duck pond in sydney i um we yeah. went feeding you know stale bread to the ducks which i guess isn't, you're not supposed to do you're anymore. not supposed to do that well yeah. back in the 80s we i ate a bunch of bologna while driving in the car with my grandfather who was smoking with the windows rolled up and i didn't have a seat belt on and then we fed stale bread to ducks because we were peasants who didn't know anything back then mm -hmm. but anyway i was holding i was probably like six so i had the big bread bag full of like ripped up bread and my granddad was like you know throw the bread at the ducks jord and i was doing it but i wasn't throwing the bread fast enough so a crowd of them gathered around me oh they and, swarm you yeah, yeah they just tried got to, the yeah they're just like i'm gonna take this kid's bread and they were kind of like pecking on my leg at my legs and nibbling up like kind of grabbing me and my granddad charged in and saved me and then i never wanted to feed the ducks again no, no. <laughs> My kids. I can understand why you have some trauma over ducks now, so now that you explain it. The reason I said it is because, yeah, if I saw a duck fall from a tree, I wouldn't pick it up and touch it. But a duckling is like the sweetest little thing. It's nature's oh, like How can you not bear. catch a duckling falling from the sky? And then when it lands, it looks like it really takes a hard fall in the uh, video. But there's like it just bounces off of the ground, like blah. But that's they <laughs> bounce because they're so they're tiny little things that are just a puff of like soft yellow fur. So it's just like a yeah, feather falling. The uh the duck nerd in the video was like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, they're fine. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, but still they're landing pretty hard there. Mm -hmm. If I fell out of a tree, I'd break my leg easy. Mm -hmm. You're no duckling though. No, no, mm -mm. no. I wish. Now, we talked in the past about ending these shows on a pleasant um, kind of palate cleansing vibe. So I've I've often looked for like a nice soft story to end these shows with, especially if you get in dark into dark stuff like the end of days for Canadians. Uh, I couldn't find a feel good story, but I did find the most feel-good story possible that involves two people wearing masks attacking students at a school with bear spray and at least one being kid being shot with a pelican so that doesn't sound like the setup for a nice story does it 
No, but it will. It turns out well. This is easily the most lighthearted take on a story that would have a headline like two people wearing masks attack students at a Sudbury school with bear spray and at least one was shot by a pellet gun. Listen to this. These two young men say they were sprayed with bear mace when they went to watch a fight near the school. A fight, they say, was over a girl. Took an ambulance to the hospital. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah, the bear, like the bear spray felt like fire on your face. Like, imagine fourth degree burns, like, but times five. Like, you know when you're in like a hot sauna, like, like almost to the point where it's too hot, then you go to take a deep breath in. And then like, imagine that just like on your face, like, just amplified. Their friend was also there and says he was shocked to see a gun. The same person who had the bear mace also was carrying a gun and a machete on him. And uh, yeah, that got brung, brung out and one of my friends got shot in the shoulder. Mostly like you're just in shock when that kind of happens to you. You're just like, like, what is going on? You don't know if like the gun's real or like whatever, right? So it's like very scary. A letter was sent to parents of LaSalle secondary students on Wednesday, confirming what happened. Greater Sudbury Police confirmed just before 11 a.m. Wednesday, officers responded to a weapons complaint. Information provided was that a group of individuals had been bear sprayed and one individual had been shot with a pellet gun by two people wearing masks. Officers quickly located and arrested a 19-year-old woman and a 21-year-old man in relation to the incident. Oh, I, I hate to laugh at a story like that, but those the, the three bros, they got to talk to them, uh, got to talk to the press, just cracked me up. Oh, uh, they were great, yeah. It, My it, favorite quote was, the, uh, it's like a fourth, uh, fourth degree burns on your face times five <laughs> like, something like that that's 20 degree burns but it's yeah. it, it everything about the setup it starts off so dramatic with like you know bear spray and someone was shot and then it's like and we talked to two guys who were who it happened to while they were going outside to watch a fight yeah and the <laughs> fight doesn't get brought up at yeah. all the rest that was of well the actually story. they do give a bit of backstory because they're like that we're outside to watch a fight that was about a girl. <laughs> oh yeah, but like, but then that's not the story though, because I thought that was the story yeah. was that like this fight got out of control. But that's just where everybody was going, and that's why everybody yeah. was there. I was like, well, we're just there to watch a fight. Like it was like a yeah, fight over a girl, a fight over a girl. <laughs> I hate but to like, lie. but nobody questions like all of these kids were going to watch a violent display a real violent display uh amongst their peers mm -hmm. their peers were going to uh beat each other into a bloody pulp <laughs> but then uh this separate incident of uh, 20 degree burns uh, yeah 20 degree burns from bear spray <laughs> And a pellet gun. I like that the kid didn't say it was a pellet gun when he talked about his friend getting shot. He was like, yeah, and then they pulled out a gun and uh, my friend got shot in the shoulder and we're like, what the heck? And it's like, well, it was a pellet gun. Like, <laughs> you know, should add some context to this thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But anyway, I've, I never thought I'd laugh at a story with that headline, but just those those guys. And if you're not listening or if you're only listening and you're not seeing the news report of the the, the bros talking to the to the media there, um, one of my other favorite parts is the visual aspect of it is his hair is all hanging down in his face and the way he's just like leaning back talking to the reporter. He's he's just uh, 
Yeah, not the regular guy you'd see on the evening news. But yeah. but we everything should... was always like, but worse. So it was like, imagine you're in a hot tub and like the water's really hot. And then imagine that on your face, but worse. <laughs> it's like the sun fell out of the sky, bro. And it like landed on your face and it like melted your face, but worse. <laughs> They need to release a line of merchandise like t-shirts and stuff for these guys that just says but worse. But worse. <laughs> well, you remember when we were kids that had no fear and it would it would, on the front it would say no fear and then on the, there'd be like a slogan on the back of the shirt that was like a mm. motivational sports thing. I could see on the front of the shirt it says but worse and then on the back it would describe like a horrible thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it would yeah. end with like, you know, dot 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 and then underneath the logo, but worse. But worse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we've been through a lot tonight. I think we've made a clear case that yes, the animal uprising is real. Yes, Tim Hortons is brainwashing Canadians into thinking that they represent us and we support that. But now I think we've also uncovered the next big news story that Canadians are going to need to hear about. And that is that the end of days are upon us. I'm proud of the work we've done here tonight, Aaron. Yeah, I think we I think we uncovered the weird, the wonderful, and the terrifying. Terrifying, like but worse than that. It's always but worse. Um Let's wrap this up. Is there anything else you want to say to the people? Do you want to call out for any kind of support or stories or criticism or feedback? Do you want to warn uh, us about anything? Warn? Oh, there's so much to warn about. I, I couldn't even begin to list off what people should be dodging out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but any voicemails? Yeah, any feedback? Anything at all we want to hear at Keep Canada Weird? Mm -hmm. Go to nighttimepodcast.com. Let us know. Submit your voicemail. Let's wrap it up. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Um, don't uh, go to see a fight about a girl and expect it to be like this peaceful interaction. Uh, Jordan, until next time. Imagine, bro, you're like, you like own a bunch of cows and the cows are like burping and farting into the air. And then that like burps and farts and methane erases the ozone layer. And then the earth heats up so much that your face melts, but worse. <laughs> I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I keep Canada weird, but let us call out to you for even greater support in this mission. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, make sure you let us know. We'd love to hear about it and include it in an upcoming episode. The best way to reach us is at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We both love to hear from you. Now, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before I do, let me give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another weird evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. KJ, Mateo, and Lindsay, thank you for going premium. 
And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help out in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and funds the creation of the show while giving you the episodes two days early, giving them to you ad-free, and giving you access to a full back catalog of episodes. If it sounds good, you can go premium at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still help out the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or give an opinion on one of the stories we covered, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. Again, we'd love to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. When they went to watch a fight near the school, a fight, they say, was over a girl. Took an ambulance to the hospital. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah, the bear, like, the bear spray felt like fire on your face. Like, imagine fourth degree burns, like, but times five. Like, you know when you're in, like, a hot sauna, like, like almost to the point where it's too hot, then you go to take a deep breath in, and then, like, imagine that just, like, on your face, like, just amplified. Their friend was also there and says he was shocked to see a gun. The same person who had the bear mace also was carrying a gun and a machete on him. And uh, yeah, that got brung out and one of my friends got shot in the shoulder. Mostly like you're just in shock when that kind of happens to you. You're just like, like, what is going on? You don't know if like the gun's real or like whatever, right? So it's like very scary.